Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Howdy, I'm David Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. We're so glad that you came or are here watching or listening. And um, we're just trucking along through y'all, the Doctrine and Covenants. We really do wish they came. What if they were all just right down there? here? Should yeah. we do a live? One time. Like a live show. <laughs> you can play with the toys over here. Or if you get bored during the lesson, there's so much that um, could be happening. We just imagine you. And you know, we tell you that all the time when we see you in grocery stores. I love when people come up and this is what they love to say. You said we should come up. That's my favorite thing. I'm always like, yes, we actually really love to see you because then we know who we're talking to and teaching. And I just have in my mind this catalog of people that I've met in random places. Same, same. Absolutely. Yes. Airports, airplanes even. And you want to know everybody. That's the thing. Yeah, we do. And and really, that's kind of the feeling. At least I got as I was reading through these sections and looking at them again, it's just like, I mean, we really are just half halfway through, right? Kind of in the thick of That's so crazy. Yeah, isn't it's it? just it's just nuts, and, yeah. and things are moving along, and and you start seeing all these names of people that just show up. And today we have a section for a guy, and it's his mission call. And you're kind of like, how come everyone else didn't get a section? You know, I wonder if other people were like, wait, how come I didn't get a section in there? I got a really really similar mission call to that person, and I don't I don't know the answer to that, but um, there is. Um, uh, you know, you start looking and thinking like, what's the story behind all of these people? And what are their emotions? And and how are they feeling? And do they feel like they're contributing? And and sometimes we, we feel a little bit like, you know, I, I just feel like I'm just not doing what I want to be doing. Like I want to be doing something bigger and, mm. and, and better and um, more impactful, maybe. Um, recently, I was watching the K-Love Fan Awards. I don't know if you know what that is. It's... It's a Christian radio station, and and the fans vote on a whole bunch of things, and and one of the um, the things that won was for um, television and movie and the show The Chosen, which you know we love. Oh, we love um, The Chosen so, so much. Yeah, it, so so much. It's a telling of the stories of Jesus, and it's just uh, it's um, historical fiction, I guess you could say, but but based out of the teachings of the Bible and just oh it's so awesome it just it just gives life and personality to names on pages yes from the New Testament you yeah just, all of a sudden you're like oh I've never thought about that before yeah would you kind of want with the Doctrine and Covenants right I want personality and life in these you know should you make that people. show yeah <laughs> I don't have time um but wouldn't it be cool you yes. know so um, anyways, it won. And so the director, a friend of ours, Dallas Jenkins, um, gave the acceptance speech. And when he gave it, he said, um, when I was younger, I used to practice um, award acceptance speeches in the mirror. <laughs> and everyone oh, laughed. And have you think ever I really done that did. before? No, Not I don't know either. what I would have done it before. But I don't think I practiced anything in the mirror ever. Uh, maybe my smile for family pictures or something. But um, he says, I used to... Um, I used to practice, I do, because I have one eye that closes too much. So I have to like remember how to smile without it squinting. Um, but he said, I used to practice those award speeches in, you know, in the mirror. 
Um, and I always imagined that it would be in Hollywood for some big movie production that I did and not in Nashville for a radio award. But he said, I wish I could go back in time. And I would, I would say to that little boy, um, stop wasting your time. Hmm. Um, none of this is going to matter to you. Someday, all you're gonna care about is telling the story of Jesus. Hmm. And one day, you're gonna be so grateful um, that you won an award that was voted on by fans because that means that the story you're telling is having impact on people. Ooh, that's so good. And uh, and that's a, a different way to see, you know? He could have gotten that award and then thrown it in a bottom drawer somewhere because he's like, oh, this is just a Christian radio award voted by fans, not the industry, not the, you know, the, mm -hmm. the big ones that everybody is going to be watching. But he saw it through different eyes. He saw his purpose and he found thankfulness and he found fulfillment in being um, in this small role that he is playing because I think he sees the impact. Mm. That you know that he's having, and so um, that's kind of what we're gonna see in yeah, these sections that. today. Yeah, and what does that impact look like, and from who, and and what could we learn from that? Um, we're gonna just start quickly in seventy-seven, just for a second, because it's such it, a fun section. It's such a fun section. I went to the New Testament because he, uh, yeah, I thought there. we were going to the Book of Revelation, but and there's just a couple things you want to think about from this section. This is when. Joseph is going through and trying to work on the book of Revelation in the New Testament. He's reading through it, and then he gets some questions, so he just starts asking his questions as he goes through. And That's, the format is super rad. Like, yeah. you want to open it up and see. It's so different than the other sections, because it legit is Q&A. Yeah. It's like, question, and here's the Lord's answer. Yes. And, Which you wish you could have. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's my favorite part of 77. That is the lesson that it teaches is you can. You actually can go to the Lord and say, this is my question right here. And I truly believe the Lord will answer you. Now, it might not come like this where you're just sit down and you're like, please tell me about and, verse and, 7. And, and we don't know that this nine. did. You right. know, we don't. There's no timing over, yeah. in this one. But that as you ask questions at least my experience has been, and it would be interesting to hear yours, is I will say, I want to know about this word. Like, remember when I was saying the Old Testament and I was like, I want to know what it means to be wise-hearted. And I just wrote it down because I was like, I want to learn about that. And over the course of the next three days, I had so many neat lessons about that word that now every time I see that word in the Old Testament, I'm like, oh, I remember all of those answers and some of them were random but I remembered those answers so I love that what we learn in 77 besides about the book of Revelation is we can go to the Lord with questions um, these were really like in-depth questions that he was like what is the meaning of this and that the Lord is going to answer us through the spirit and through other scriptures most likely and through talks that we hear or things that happen at church or conversations we have with friends or even songs that we hear the words of, the answers mm. will come if our heart is open and if we're willing to let the Spirit tutor us. So I that's might be my favorite lesson in 77. You guys know we love the book of Revelation. Um, it's probably one of our favorite books of scripture. And 
We told you earlier that we actually did an entire class on the book of Revelation because it, it was too hard to just take little parts of the second coming. So if you wish you understood more of the book of Revelation or second the second coming. coming scripture, you can still access that class forever. For as long as you live, we found a site where we can just put it up there, hosting it for us. We'll put the link in just so you know where it is. But it's fun to know that that's what Joseph was studying before he got into section 78. Because I just love that perspective of this is kind of where we are. And and kind of like what's on his mind? Like what's his worldview right now? What's his God view yep. right now? Because these are the things that he's obviously been like pondering yeah, and, and really thinking, thinking about, about and meditating on. And are, I don't know if you were going to say this or not, but something that is, if you are totally unfamiliar with the book of Revelation, it focuses a lot on the future redemption, the throne room of God, um, the end story of good conquering over evil, mm. of these sanctified um, people that are around the throne of God. So it really gives this majestic, big, big picture of where God is going and how he's going to get a troubled people to that place. And so that's kind of the big sweeping theme. Which you I love guess, because book. Joseph is in that same place where he's like, okay, here's all my people. How am I going to get them to this place that I'm reading about? And, and what's that going to look like? And I love that um, as in verse 70 or in section 78, there is one verse at the end, but I just want to start there. That he says to Joseph, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You are little children, and ye have not as yet understood how great blessings the Father has in his own hands and prepared for you. And I just love that thought that he's like, Joseph, you are just a little child in understanding this great work that is happening. And if you've ever read the book of Revelation, you probably have felt like a child in understanding, where you're like, I have no idea what this is even talking about. And so yeah, to and then when acknowledge you, that that's okay if you feel young. Yeah, I was going to say, and when you do kind of the part you do understand, where you see like this glorified throne room with these mm. people, these normal people who have been invited into the presence of God um, with angels and other holy beings, you're kind of like, I've, I don't, like a little kid who doesn't belong there. <laughs> yes. Sort of, you know, feeling. And you would, you'll see in section 78, he will use really big Revelation-esque language of kings and queens, priests and priestesses being crowned and kingdoms. And, and so you see that language and it maybe is in reference both to what he was studying mm -hmm. and, and here. And were you, were you going to talk about what 78 like you, you is? Can. Or, yeah, let's just start. You start and talk about and that and then we'll talk dive about into the stuff that. In it. Yeah. So here's kind of the, it's interesting because you go from that majesty and bigness in 77 and then 78 it's like okay we have to figure out how to um print the doctrine and covenants we got to get the paper we got it the stores someone's got to like and it and it comes it's all about forming what's called um the united firm or the united order those are synonyms with each other um this organization of the printers and the stores both in missouri and in kirtland like he forms them all together into this coalition, this co-op of businesses um, that are going to help finance the printing of the scriptures, the building of the temple and the buying of land in Zion and taking care of all the poor. So it's the new kind of uh, 
fund money? How, how are we going to get the money? How are we going to fund all of this? these big projects that the Lord's commanded us to do? And so isn't it funny that it goes from revelation to, to like, temporal. okay, now we got to pay the yes. bills. And, and I love also that there is something about the book of Revelation that actually does make you want to set your life in order. Like it's almost as if he's coming yeah. out of that place and he's like, okay, I feel like there's things I need to do. And in fact, one of our favorite parts of section 78 is this word prepare that it just says, it keeps saying it over and over again. You're going to prepare this and prepare this. And, and you're going to watch in this section, this feeling of, am I prepared for what is next? Which I think we all also go to that place when we read any second coming scripture that generally I walk away from those second coming conversations, whether they're like section 45 or section 29 that we read earlier, or if you're in the book of Revelation, thinking to myself, am I prepared for what is going to happen next? And I love that that's kind of where Joseph's mind goes is, okay, am I prepared for what I need to be doing? And we do the same thing temporally and spiritually, right? Mm -hmm. We start thinking about food storage. We start thinking about all of those things. But then we also think about the 10 virgins, right? We go to both of those places. And I love that that's where he goes. And in this chapter, he says, prepare eight different times. And then he tells them how to prepare and to prepare for. And we want to look at both of those things as we dive into this chapter. And and I, I think it's fun to point out, like you were saying, like sometimes you talk about the temporal and the spiritual. I like that in this section too, he just says, um, okay, you think that all these mercantile businesses and, and the way I'm trying to teach you to sacrifice money and buy lands and stuff is like earthly. Like mm. you think that is temporal, but it's actually changing you spiritually is what is happening, you know, in all of this. So almost like reminding them, don't get, don't get caught up in, you know, what can be the nitty gritty of all of that. And he's just like, this is actually, I'm actually preparing a people. I'm mm -hmm. actually changing all of you through. Yeah. And you these, love what where temporal. he addresses that in verses five and six of section 78, when he says that ye may be equal in the bonds of heavenly things, yea, and earthly things also for the obtaining of heavenly things. And then I love in six, when he says, for you are not equal in if, for if you are not equal in earthly things, you cannot be equal in obtaining heavenly things. And just that lesson right there of learning how to take care of each other here and provide for each other here and what provision looks like here, we're gonna take that with us there when we go there and how important that is as we talk about this preparation process. So as you go through and you look through some of these verses in 11 through 14 and 18 through 20. And sorry, we're, we went a little out of order of the paper. Oh. We started on the bottom and then we're going to end on the top. Just it's summer. We're going <laughs> to shake things up. So if you're also because your favorite lesson, it, you're going to want to keep it at the end. So we're, <laughs> we're going to keep your best part for last everyone. Um, so he tells them how this is how you're going to prepare through covenant, he tells them, through commandment. Um, I love when he talks about through thankfulness. He's going to teach them this principle, and we'll read that verse um, with you, that it is through thankfulness that this is going to happen. And we love this word provision and providence. He says, through my providence verse is, 14. Yeah. is how you will prepare. And I love that thought 
about his providence because I think there are sometimes when you look at end time prophecy and and those things that are ahead of us and you think I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it and I love him saying listen it's going to be through my providence that you will be prepared and in that same verse he says I will be with you or just right below that where is that verse that I love oh no it's going to be in verse 18 so in 14 he talks about through my providence in verse 18 he tells them I will lead you along and I love the thought of that, that this part of this preparing is our work and part of it is his work. He's going to um, provide for us. He's going to lead us along. And I love the comfort in that. And then he talks about what he's preparing them for. And these might be some of my favorite Doctrine and Covenants verses. I don't know if you are a collector of favorite verses in books of scripture, but this set of scriptures, sometimes I just love to repeat over and over to myself in my head. He says this, I'm going to start in 17 and I'm just going to go through 19. He says this, verily, verily, I say unto you, you are little children and you have not as yet understood how great blessings the father hath in his own hands and prepared for you. And you cannot bear all things now. Nevertheless, be of good cheer for I will lead you along. The kingdom is yours and the blessings thereof are yours and the riches of eternity are yours. And he who receiveth all things with thankfulness shall be made glorious and the things of this earth shall be added unto him even an hundredfold, yea, more. Mm. How many times has there been in your life when you're like, this is not going to work out. We're not going to see the resolution of this and no matter what we do, there's not an end in sight of, of how that resolution will come. And those are the times when I just whisper these three verses over and over and over again. I say them out loud as I go through my day. And I love that reminder that your part is just to receive all things with thankfulness. Do, don't you love that that's your yeah, part? Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can actually do that. And then to he recognize says to you, God's providence. Yes, to like, recognize I just want God's you to providence. See, I, I'm a part of this. I'm with you. I'm in this with yes. you. And even if you don't see those things he promises you, right? The kingdom and the blessings and the riches, even if you don't see those, I love that he's like, they're yours. So just what you've got to do when you can't see that is start looking for, I'm leading you. Start looking for that. And for my providence where you are, be thankful for that. And if you can learn that just day by day way of living, then the things of the earth will be added to you. And I love when the first time I read this verse and it really like stuck out to me, I can remember when I got to the part, the things of this earth will be added to you a hundredfold. Like in my mind, I was like, oh, that's all I need. And then when there were those next two words, yay, more, I was like, oh, I need to work on being grateful. Mm. You know, I just, I need to work on what that looks like. And we love, well, let's go to this part. Um, what are we preparing for? And then we will come back to that verse because it's such a good one. And I love that he says this, do the things which I have commanded you, saith your redeemer who prepareth all things before he takes you. For you are the church of the firstborn, he says. And I love that. I love that reminder that he's like, let me tell you what I'm preparing you for because this is who you are, right? 
we see that word, the church of the firstborn, and that might feel like, I don't even know what that is or if I am one of those, but you could substitute for that, you are my elect, or even simply mine. For you are mine, he tells us. You just prepare, for you are mine. And then he says, and he will take you up in a cloud and appoint every man his portion. And I just love those four words, you are and he will. What a beautiful promise that he's like, listen, you're already qualified for this because you are his and he will because he already promised you he would. Mm. And I love the promise of that. And as we look at this and come out of this, um, he says at the end, he that is a faithful and wise steward shall inherit all things. We talked about that in section 76, that fullness, all that the father has, that's what's waiting for you. Um, but just that thought of just all things. And as you go back and look at that relationship of covenant and commandment and allowing for his provision in your life, but then that one powerful lesson from 78 that we've got to learn how to receive all things with thankfulness. And we talked about like, what does that look like? What, mm -hmm. what would that look like? And we love that where we go next is 79, which is the section you were talking about that you were like, why out of all the <laughs> mission calls did they choose this one? And as we studied Jared Carter, there was one thing that we fell in love with about him. And it just seems that he was a man who lived with that vision of thankfulness, that daily thankfulness. And we just wanted to tell you a little bit about that. It's going to come from this book that you know we love so much and you, do you want it yeah um that we love so much because it's going to describe for you his early years in the church and what his perspective was in those years what his vision was how how he lived in the day to day so when you get um so we just divided up with his numbers you know because he seems to be a counter you know of things <laughs> and so and you love that counter many blessings because yeah, jared carter just his. wanted to right so um, you'll see right here in the journal, we're going to move to this part where he's just like six and six and 79 and 15 and 80. And you just love him gathering all of these. So blessings. that first six, he had just been on a six week long mission. So we have six weeks. He's been gone for six weeks. Right when he comes back, he comes back to Joseph and he says, okay, now what next? Like I'm ready to do something else which is you just really really love that about him and so he goes on this next mission he says and i was there for six months and two days <laughs> uh, is that, yeah is how long i was there and he says i was privileged to bring 79 souls to jesus and uh i bet he has every single one of their names you know written down yeah. it's just neat that he's just like oh I can count for you these 79 experiences. And when he first came across the, the Book of Mormon for the first time, um, actually it was a, a man who was trying to, you know, trash talk the Book of Mormon and said, look at this, look at this fake book. And he like read it and he was like, I actually think that's real, you know? And so he wanted to join in. And he said this when he came back after being baptized by Hiram Smith, he says, I came back and shared my enthusiasm for sacred truths. Some of my best friends, as I had supposed, now became my worst enemies. They mocked my faith and promised me land if I would renounce Mormonism. My reaction, not for 15 of the best farms in this place would I stay 
and abandon Mormonism. Um, and so that's where we have that 15. <laughs> that's so cute. He's like, I would have done it for 14, but you know, it was like not for or 16, but not for 15 of the best farmers. Would I ever give something like this up? And, um, and then later he gets to go out on a mission with his brother, his brother, like independently of each other, both um, found the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and embraced it. And they went on um, these missions together. But he says, when I came back to Ohio after one of those, he said, I met with some of my brothers and I heard them read revelations that caused my heart to rejoice. And then he says this line, I've seen many marvelous manifestations of the power of God in more than 80 instances. <laughs> and I want that list so yes. bad yes. from his journal. Like, I love that he's just like, he doesn't say, I have seen God's hand so many times, but he's like, I think it's been about 80 times that I have seen marvelous manifestations of the power of God in my life. This guy's journal should be the Doctrine and Covenants. Like, it should just replace it. It could be so fun. And then this line that we love that he says, um, he talks about some of the time that he says that his missionary work wasn't very fruitful. Um, and he's like, man, sometimes it seems like the whole world is ignorant, you know? And there's days like that, aren't there? Mm -hmm. Where you're like, oh, you have these 80s days. Yeah, just because you're you know? trying to count your many blessings doesn't mean yeah. they're going to be overflowing every single day. And you love that he shows the reality of that. Yeah. And he says, man, it seems like the world's unapprised of the great work of God. And, uh, the God of heaven has commenced. It's like people seem to just be clueless about all the big things that God is doing among us and how neat for him to see that in there, right? He sees the book of Revelation, you know, in the printing press. You know what I mean? Yeah. He sees it in all of that. And he says this, um, there are hundreds of people actually ready to declare in the name of the Lord that they know the book of Mormon is of divine origin. And I myself, and one of the hundreds hmm. and that line is just one of our favorites yeah. because he says there are hundreds of people who are all involved in this who God's working with unitedly collectively and individually and he just says you know what I'm actually just one of those hundreds like I I, I don't I, I don't need the big awards I don't need the big callings, I don't need, I don't even need my section in the Doctrine and Covenants, take it out. Put someone else in if, yes. if you want in here. Um, what is really focused on in his section, which is so short, is he is given this promise. And the promises in verse three is, inasmuch as he is faithful in this calling to go from city to city and place to place, I will crown him again with sheaves. And we love replacing that word sheaves those are wheat stalks yeah and or, bundles yeah they would be bundled on your back these sheaves you see that word used so often in the doctrine and covenants and particularly with your kids they might wonder like what, what does that even mean those sheaves and and it would be these bundles of wheat which would symbolically represent a harvest that's that's the symbolism going on there that but kind yeah. of gathering idea yeah um, and we just want you to replace it every time you read it with bundles of people. <laughs> Inasmuch as he is faithful, I will crown him. And what will be his award? It will be bundles of people. The experiences they had together, the relationships that were forged, the marvelous manifestations of God that he saw in each of their stories. And that thought that it would be almost more than he could number, right? These, this thought of bundles. 
And you love that we learn from him this thought of numbering and bundling things as you go. And there's an interesting lesson we learned from the end of his life. When we were reading it, we were like, let's just not teach this part. Because <laughs> sweet, sad you story. feel sad about it. But in verse 2 of 79, it says, I will send upon him the comforter, which shall teach him the truth and the way whither he shall go. And I love that that spirit, that having the spirit with him was going to help him get that laser focus of living in thanksgiving right so that what would be added to him was a hundredfold yay more and you start counting up the six six and 79 and 15 and 80 and 100 that's what a hundredfold looks like and it's every day and it's him keeping those lists and counting and for a time that's how he lived um it, we we watch him go through this season of apostasy that's coming we haven't talked a lot about that yet, but we are just entering into this season of where people are going to start um, wanting to have these conspiracy theories. And they're going to want to talk about these things that are happening and they're going to start talking against each other. And he is going to get swept up in that. And it's interesting because you watch him waffle for many years. Um, he he thinks about leaving and then he comes back strong for three years. And then there's something someone else says and he kind of walks away again and then he comes back strong again for several years and finally um, at the end, right towards the end of his life, he leaves again and there's, it's interesting because there's this quote from him. Yeah, a guy who knew him, George A. Smith, is actually Joseph's cousin. Um, he said uh, about him, I remember when in Kirtland, I once heard Jared Carter say that he had sacrificed everything that would ever be required of him. And then he said, I've sacrificed all my property once but I will never do it again. And um, and then he said, now he is just numbered among that list of those who've walked away. And, and it's, it's so interesting when you think about it, we were talking about this, that in the beginning, what was numbered was everything he was thankful for, right? He, did, he was like, and this many souls and this many marvelous manifestations. And he just, his eyes were so focused on what he was thankful for. And at the end, it's almost as if it shifted to what he was entitled to instead. Such a different way of thinking. And important, I think, for us to yeah. recognize, as much as you don't want to share the end of that story, but it's important to realize that your vision can shift, your perspective can actually shift, and you can have 80 marvelous manifestations and at the end of your life feel like, I did that all once and now I'm entitled to never doing that again and what a different perspective that would be. Um, one of the, we have just this little side story on here that's really cool because you may have heard this story before and there's a, um, a really cool video made that you might want to show as, you know, in connection with this lesson. Because um, one of those sheaves, if you were to pull out one of the little wheat stalks from Jared Carter's mission is a, is a man whose name is John Tanner. And this was a guy who um, was so, so um, wealthy. Jared Carter was actually given the, um, the spiritual gift to heal. And he talks about that. You can read it um, inside here. And he talks about some of his experiences with that. And one day he comes across John Tanner who just had a leg infection and he hadn't been able to walk and, and, uh, and, and they teach him and, and uh, Jared heals him. He's healed and baptized that very night, hmm. you know. And um, 
He's, it's, this is what he says about what he owned. I owned a hotel, several homes, two large farm orchards, a dairy, a sawmill, an island, and 2,200 acres of timberland. So like, this was a really, really rich dude. And joined in and was just happy as a little clam to be a part of it. And then he has this dream one December that he needs to go to Kirtland right away. And he leaves right away to go to Kirtland. And when he gets there, um, he finds that there is such big financial trouble with the Kirtland Temple. Um, and um, had he come one day later, uh, the record says that they would have defaulted on their loan for the Kirtland Temple. And he comes in and he gives $2,000 to save that loan on the day that he gets there. And later will give $30,000 and another $2,000. how much money that is in that time yeah i mean it's so big it's so much money yes. that he is just like giving away and um when he eventually moves to missouri to build up zion there um this is what he wrote in his journal we borrowed a team and one old broken down stage horse and an old turnpike cart a little keg of powder and seven dollars and fifty cents in cash mm -hmm. and that is what they took with him because he just gave that um all away and You'll see this in the story. It's it's awesome. At the end of his life, um, right before the martyrdom, he will he's headed off on another mission, and he's got that old receipt, the note of of two thousand dollars that the church owes him for bailing them out with the Kirtland Temple. And Joseph asks, "Well, what do you want me to do with it?" And John Tanner says, "Oh, it is it's yours. You can do with it whatever you want. I'm giving it um, to you. I'm giving it to God." to this cause, to his work. And that's when you'll see this little line, God bless you, Father Tanner. Your children shall never beg for bread and gives him that that blessing that is there. And anyways, do, I, don't you love these little stories that yeah, are just the, like- One of the hundreds. Yeah, just one of the hundreds, you know? And and is his story any different than Jared's? Like Jared could have at one day said, oh, wish I, I wish I could have been the one to give all that and someone could have made a movie about me you know, or, or, or whatever, but just like each of these people, God is in their stories and, and they can, if, if they live with that thankfulness and can mm -hmm. see that, oh, his providence is moving and working and, and I'm a part of it. It just thrills. It hits different. Mm, so good. In the last section, which is so short, section 80, what's going to happen is these two men are called to preach and you love in verse three, it says, wherefore go ye and preach my gospel whether to the north or the south, to the east or to the west, it mattereth not, for you cannot go amiss. Therefore, declare the things which you have heard, and verily believe and know to be true. Behold, this is the will of him who hath called you, your Redeemer, even Jesus Christ. Amen. And there's such a neat lesson in those two verses, because we learn this principle. Sometimes we emphasize where. We serve and we've got this written right here in verse 80 sometimes we emphasize where and the Lord so clearly right here just helps shift our perspective by saying it, it doesn't matter where you serve it matters how you serve that's what matters he, he's saying to them you just declare the things which you have heard and which you believe and which you know that's all I need you to do all I care about is how you serve where you serve, it, it, you can't go amiss. I love when he says that. that yeah. just, wherever you are, you can't go amiss. And, and whatever it is you're trying to do, 
you know, in your circumstances, like you're not, you're not missing it. You're not missing the the big opportunity. You're in it. You're, you're a part of it. You cannot go amiss. Yeah. If you just go to the North or the West or the East or the South, um, it, it's not going to matter. And I love that thought about that as we think about our errand, right? We just talked about that recently. And as we think about our circle of influence and maybe dreams that we had of making this difference in the world and then we start realizing that we really are all one of hundreds that's who we are but we are making it an impact to one somewhere we are doing that and how important that is and when you think about jesus um i was just where were we just studying was that here or where i never can remember because i am in the scriptures so much but were you and i the ones talking about when jesus was resurrected that he never came back to thousands. He only came back to small groups mm -hmm. of people. He came back to Thomas. He came back to the two people on the road to Emmaus. He came back to Mary Magdalene. Um, he came back to these little groups of people. In that moment when he could have come down to thousands and been like, I'm back, you know, here I am. Or to Pontius Pilate, you know, or wherever he could have gone, but that often the greatest work is done in those one of hundreds. Behind closed doors. Yes. With hiding disciples. Yes. You know, just, yeah. yeah, just those little moments. And there's something important to be remembered about that. And, and that it doesn't matter where as much as it matters how. And maybe sometimes who, you know? Yeah. I have a story that it might be one of my favorite mission stories ever. I have a good friend who lives in Salt Lake and her son was called to serve a foreign mission, but while he was in the MTC, his visa never came. And so he became a visa waiter. We all know people who are like that. And he was going to get sent to serve. And so he went and they thought he would just be four to six weeks. And so he went and he told his family, I'm not going to go right now to the place where I'm supposed to go. But, um, and he would write home about the, where he was tracking and the doors he was knocking on and the people he was serving. And it was about six weeks and then he, his visa came and he wrote home to his mom to go to the stop sign, this four way stop just right by their home. And she went there and his transfer tag was there and turned out he had been right in their mission, just several miles from their home the entire six weeks and they had no idea he never wrote home and was like and i'm gonna they're sending me to salt lake and I, it's like i didn't even go and i'm gonna be four miles from our house and i have i just have six weeks to wait for that visa to come but you love that they had no idea they were listening to these mission experiences and these emails he was writing home and he was knocking on doors and he was tracting and he was having these marvelous manifestations and all of these things in his own backyard, like right where he grew up. And he never complained about it once, but, but what he saw is this is six weeks of my mission and I'm not gonna pass up the, good, the goodness of yeah. it. And I'm gonna be thankful for every minute of it. And can you imagine how crazy my friend called me? And she's like, this is the craziest thing. I am holding my son's transfer tag. He has been right here in my place <laughs> for the last six weeks and I didn't even know 
he was here and just how awesome that was. And I think it's a good reminder for us, especially when we feel like we are, you know, just one of hundreds and maybe someone doesn't even know our name or our story or what we're working on, but how powerful our influence is. And it actually doesn't matter where or how big, it just matters how. Yeah, and like you said, who? Particularly if that who is him, right? Mm. Where it's like, oh, and it was his providence. Counting the ways that I've seen him inside my story actually is where it becomes really thrilling. Not with the setting of it, you know, or mm. whether it was how I expected it to be, but seeing him in it is what makes that story like, mm. oh, that is... Um, it just, uh, I wouldn't trade 15 best farms, you know, for yeah. it. So, yeah, so good. All right. See you next week, y'all. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.